Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Wow, you guys are so blessed. The worship. I don't know if you knew it, but before, before anyone was here, there was a gang over there in that corner right there praying for the service. I imagine they would do that every, every Sunday, but... I was praying back and forth here early, came early and was listening to their prayers. And they weren't rote prayers. They weren't mechanical prayers. They were prayer from the heart, from the Father heart of God, crying out for you all, crying out for this service. Wow. And the worship. I met David Demons years ago when he was, had a group called Midnight Oil. And uh, I don't know how long it was, 15, 20 years ago, 10, I don't know. And Janiel and I had the opportunity, my wife and I had the opportunity when he graduated from Masters CSU in music, he had a concert. <clears throat> you might not have ever seen him behind a, a baby grand, or it wasn't baby grand, it was a full-blown grand. But not, he wasn't playing the git fiddle, he was on that, playing classical music on this grand. And if you've never heard David Dimmons play on, on a, a grand piano. It's a delight. I've loved him. I just love his worship every time I have an opportunity. It seems like every time I come here, David is playing. I came here for a men's night one time, and David was up here with his gang, and the power of God, man. And it, it hit me for some reason. It's just a, I instantly saw lightning go out from them, and it was bolts of lightning going out over Greeley. It was going on beyond this church. First, I thought it was just for this church, but it was bolts of lightning, bolts of power, God's power going out from this group on that men's night, going out all over Colorado, going out all over uh, Greeley, all over northern Colorado. And it was just like, wow, wow, you guys are so blessed. And the worship today, and the word today, I told her, that's my, that's, that was my talk <laughs> that this young gal gave is, is just, but we need to get it. She said something that was very powerful. We've got to hear and we've got to heed. Isaiah 34, 1 says to hear, come, come, come near and hear and heed. And sometimes we come near I don't know how well we hear, but we're supposed to then heed what we heard. We're supposed to listen, be attentive to his voice. My topic is a rewarding life of prayer. And my purpose, my, my heart's desire today is to fan the flame of hunger for a rewarding life of prayer in all of us. That our prayer life would not be non-existent or cold or a drudgery. But it'd be fulfilling, delightful, rewarding prayer from a heartfelt heart that's been in the presence of God. I was in a new age 
for seven years, starting in 1979, out in California. And I wanted nothing to do with believers, nothing to do with Christianity. We were right and they were wrong. There's no sin, fear, or guilt. And my wife and my children, my wife didn't like the schools in San Juan Capistrano and Southern Cal, so they had them go to a Christian school, Baptist school, which I was opposed to, but she won. And they got saved, and my wife got saved. This is long before email, even before faxes, (laughs) which most of you don't know what that is. But she started writing out prayer requests and sent them every, 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 every place that she could heard of or know. Paul Young E. Cho, I don't care where it was, she would send a prayer request for me, for my salvation. And one day I'm, I'm in my house, they're at church, and they're, they're praying for me. And in one second, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool speaker in the New Age movement on television in new age, teaching new age, going to workshops and seminars teaching new age. In one second, I'm a dyed wool new ager, and bam, I fall on my knees, and I ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. In one second, Janiel left, and I was a new ager that hated Christians. She came back, and she had a changed, transformed husband without anybody touching me, laying hands on me. Bam! The power of God. Never underestimate the power of prayer. I'm up here because of prayers of my wife and my children and however many hundreds or thousands of other people. I'm here to fan that flame of prayer. I know many of you have tried prayer. Brad, after one minute, it's all I've got. I've tried that, Brad. It's just that same, that old story. I've been there, done that. I've tried that. It didn't work for me. I'm here to encourage you to fire it back up. Listen to what was said with that, her word. Listen to this message. Prayer life should not be a drudgery. It should not be something like, well, they tell me I have to do it, but I just don't get anything out of it. We want to change that. We want your prayer life to be rewarding. That the first thing in the morning you wake up, you don't think about coffee, you don't think about your work, you don't think about your meal. The very first thing you think of in the morning, you can't wait to get out of that bed to go to your prayer closet. That's your number one desire. You're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about chores. You're just thinking about your prayer life. That's all you want to be thinking about. Mark 1.35 said, long while before dawn, Jesus went up to pray. Now, I don't know how long a long while before dawn is, but I'll leave it at that. It was a long while before dawn, Jesus went up to pray. His disciples finally found him said, hey, we, we need to go back, man. You were a hit. You were a star. And he said, no, I've got other plans. Because he went to the Father to obtain his, his, his purpose, 
His plan for the day and power for the day. We know that the lady that touched his hem of the garment, he felt virtue flowing out of him. So he went into his presence, the Father's presence, to hear, to listen, and to heed. And that's what we've got to do. He said, example, if you look in the Bible of how many times, listen, if Jesus, the Son of Man and the Son of God, needed to go to his Father to spend time in his presence, sometimes all night long, how arrogant, how prideful are we if we don't think we need to have a prayer life? How stubborn and arrogant and prideful. The Son of Man needs it, but we don't. It's not right. We must establish a prayer life. Some of us, we just haven't been taught. We haven't been pressed in. We, have, we approach prayer, possibly what I can get out of it. We come to him with a list, a laundry list. God, here, here's, here's, here's my checklist. Chomp, 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 chomp. We get done and, and we're dry. We, we came into it dry and we left dry. If that's the case, listen, it doesn't have to be that way. We should never leave prayer time empty or dry. Then we have to stop and say, okay, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to change here? Was this old white-haired guy up on stage told me that doesn't need to be that way. I know because as soon as I got saved, I heard a voice from heaven say, I want you to take your wife's Bible and go to her church, Ocean Hills Community Church on Del Obispo and San Juan Capistrano. And I want you to pray. And I didn't know how to pray. But it didn't seem to matter to him. And I went to the custodian, didn't know him, he didn't know me. Another miracle. Who in their right mind would give a key to an unknown person in California? But I asked him for a key to the church. And without questioning, he gave me a key. He didn't know me, and I didn't know him. Ken Knight, he's now my best friend, a a, a good friend of mine, a best friend of mine. He gave me the key. Oh, for people to give you the key. He gave me the key to the door. I came in. And he said, open your Bible. And I opened the Bible to Psalms. And he said, I want you to pray out loud, loudly, because I've been in the new age and meditation for seven years. Doing psychedelic mushrooms and pot and deep breathing, new rebirthing and you name it. To experience <laughs> something that I experienced as a born-again believer. And he said, I want you to go to church. And I, I went there, opened it up, and I just it opened it up to the Psalms. And I started praying. And I said, he said, I want you to pray out loud. So I'd walk around the perimeter inside of that church, Ocean Hills Community Church. And he began to show me who to pray for. He'd give me pictures of visions of people's images. I was like, wow, these are, this is better than any psychedelic mushroom I ever took. <laughs> this is... This is radical. He started showing me people to pray for, situations. And he'd give me scriptures. And he said, I want you to pray the word out loud every day. So my prayer life has been the same. That's 36 years ago. My prayer life has been the same 
I'm 71. I got saved at 35. I'm a late bloomer. To our kids, we used to read the book, Leo the Late Bloomer. That was, that was me. I'm glad many of you youngins down here, praise God, hallelujah, watching you worship, watching that. Oh, God, touched my heart. But I started praying the Psalms. The word of God cannot return void. Jeremiah 1.12 said he watches over his word to perform it. Matthew 24, 25 said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There's power in praying the word of God. So for those that can only pray a minute, and I've run out, it would take you longer than a minute to pray this through this Bible. I have prayed through the Psalms so many times I can't count them. I've prayed through all the prophets from Isaiah to Malachi multiple times. Just prayed, prayed, through, prayed through the prophets and let God reveal things to you. In Psalms 73, verse 1, he goes through and he couldn't figure out why, why the wicked were blessed, why the rich were blessed. Just didn't make any sense to him. He pondered it. He was angry because they spoke wickedly. They scoffed at him. And he just didn't understand. Sixteen, Verse 16, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. You got things going going on in the world right now that's just too painful in your own life. It's just, I just don't understand it. Why is this happening? It said, until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood their end. What went on in the sanctuary at that time? David had a tent meeting, a temple, a tent, and he hired 4,000 worshipers, 4,000 musicians to play instruments that David himself had made. 24-7, long before 24-7 in Europe, long before IHOP in Kansas City, there was 24-7 prayer in the tent. So when he said, I didn't understand, get this. I didn't understand until I went into the temple, went into the sanctuary. What was in the sanctuary? What was in the temple? His God's presence. We don't understand things until we get into the presence of God. And then we have clarity. So we gain wisdom, understanding, clarity, and revelation from being into the presence of God. If we try to do it on our own, we will just get discouraged, frustrated. Quit, or at best, have lifeless prayers. We've got to get into his presence to pray. So the key part that I didn't understand at that time that God was showing me is praying the word got me into his presence. Still does. I never, ever get tired of praying the word. Ever, ever, ever will. I get up every morning and go to my office and pray for a couple hours. 
And it is so refreshing, so rewarding, so enlightening. Either have a journal there or write real small with an ever, ever shot lead pencil, mechanical pencil, whatever you want to call it, to make notes in your Bible because God will give you downloads after downloads after downloads. Because you see, you took the time to get into his presence. We must do that. How do we get into his presence? Since I'm in Psalms, I'll just stay there. Psalms 100, verse 2. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, you lands. I get a kick of people saying, why do you yell? Why do you shout? Well, because the Bible tells me to. Make a joyful shout. I pray loud. It's obnoxious to a lot of people. <laughs> but I just pray loud. Because that's, what God, that's how God taught me to pray. He wanted me to break out of that. And so he had me pray the scriptures loud. And I prayed loud. Nobody was in that church. The mice didn't care. The rafters didn't care. I pray loud in my office. Nobody cares. My, my, my neighbors probably hear me through the, through, the, through the walls. But it says, make a joyful shout. Now, why, why, are we, why will we yell at a Broncos game? Why do we yell uh, some other place? Yell at our spouse. Yell at our kids. Yell at a, uh, at a, uh, a race car track. That's okay. Yell, yell when you got a buck, right? Yell, yell when you nailed a pheasant or a clay pigeon. You yell then. But, oh, oh, no. We're to shout a joyful noise to the Lord. Verse 2, it's serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So number one, if we have a hard time, this is for all of us now. This, I'm, speaking, I'm speaking to all of us. She said, find a new way. The word was get a new, find, that's what I'm talking about. This, this new way for you to get into the presence. For you to have an enhanced prayer life that you walk away from that and you're like, oh man, I've never prayed in my life like this. I've never prayed 10 minutes or I've never prayed 15 minutes or I've never prayed 30 minutes and I still had things to pray. It's so easy now to go an hour or two in the morning and I know some of you are thinking you're nuts no, you just get into his presence. You see, Lamentations 2.19 says, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. And God told me one time, Brad, when you pour out your heart to me, I will pour out my heart to you. So a key of scripture is Lamentations 2.19. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Let what's in you, let what's in him, let, let the word of God. 1 Peter 1, 23 to 25 says the, living God, the word is living and alive and active and, and endures forever. It endures forever. Did you catch that? It's, it's alive, it's living, and it endures forever. So this word, when we, are, when we are praying or shouting or singing or declaring or decreeing, or pondering, or musing, or meditating on the word of God, it, cannot, it will not return void, Isaiah 50, 50, 51, 
5511, sorry. Hebrews 4:12, it's a living and alive. Second Timothy 3:16, it's God breathed. The same breath. Think about this. It's God breathed, so the same breath that Father God created out of molded clay, sculptured clay, a man. And he breathed into that sculptured clay the breath of life. What happened? He came alive. What happens when we speak, pray, declare, shout, proclaim? His word. It's life. Some people say it's, some scriptures or versions, forgive me, says it's, it's, it's God inspired. But the Greek is God breathed, the breath of God. It's, it's you're breathing life. So it's the breath of God. When you pray the word. When you sing the word. See, when, when we're singing songs up here, it's not time to do this. It's not time to do this. It's not time to go. When is this going to be over? We've done our three songs, and they're still going on. Somebody tell David to get off the stage. No, when we are singing the word of God, it says here, to, we come into his presence with singing. Well, Brad, I just, I just can't get there. Well, try singing the word of God. Just open this scripture. Just like God told me to pray the word. One time at a men's group at, at 633 at Resurrection Fellowship, God just told me, have them sing the word. They've never done that before. So I said, I was teaching that night. And I said, I just want you to, somebody, be the first. Who's, who's going to be the first? Just open, the, open up the scripture and sing it out. I don't care what tune, make up the tune. Just sing out the scripture. <laughs> One guy, <laughs> shaking in his boots, stood up. Man, he ended up to have a beautiful voice and, and just had a melody that God gave him, but he sung the scripture. And guess what happened? The anointing of God fell. He said, I'd never done that before. Somebody had to encourage him to open up the Psalms and say, sing. And he sung. And the anointing of God fell on 633. Fell on that men's group. Because he was singing something that's a living Alive, active, powerful, two-edged sword. Luke, what is it, 15, 16 or 16, 17 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle. That's not one letter, the smallest letter. That means the very smallest letter in the Greek, it's not going to pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this is not going to pass away. What you're standing on right now, this beautiful earth, when you look at the, the... the heavens do declare his glory. You look at the beautiful stars and sun. And you look at that and you look at the earth and the beautiful Rockies and you're going to think, what? What is going to disappear? It's that heaven and earth will disappear before this thing right here will disappear. So what do we do? We sing the word. We shout the word. We proclaim the word. We decree the word. We declare the word. You live the word. You share the word with one another. So we come into his presence with singing. Next way to come into his presence, 95.2. You know all these. I'm just a reminder. Come, oh, come. He's saying, 
<laughs> Listen, our father is not a God that's in a wagon with a carrot hanging in front of the mule to get the mule to go forward. And he never gets that treat. It's a bait. Our father doesn't hang carrots in front of us. When he says something is possible, you can go to the bank with it. If he says, oh, come, sing to the Lord. Shall us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. That means you can come before his presence. You can't tell me or anyone else, well, I can't come into his presence. Because the word of God says, the word of God is inviting you right now. It's inviting all of us, come, come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. You know what that's saying in my vernacular? God is saying, shout the psalms back to me. Let me read that again. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. I can shout. I can shout the psalms back to God and it pleases him because it's right here in his word. He's not, yes, he's not hard of hearing, but he tells me too many times to shout, to shout, to shout over and over. I know Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I'm God. But for every scripture that you can be of quiet, pondering, musing, meditation, I can find you a hundred that talks about how loud it is in heaven and to shout the Psalms back to him, to make a joyful noise. A noise! <laughs> so how, we, we come, think about this. This is, this is this new thing that she talked about. That was from... Listen, if you have to question that God can speak to us today, she didn't know my notes. I'm leaving out half of them because she covered them the word that she gave, that God gave, not her word. God gave her this word for a reason, like preparation, like fertilizer and water on the corn, getting it ready, tilling the soil, going through with the one that you guys out here use one ways and plows where we came from, we used sweeps, <laughs> Flex King sweeps. But you got the picture. You went out and you prepared the land. She prepared. God, through her, prepared the land. Said there's going to be a new way to pray. A new method. And then God just happened to send me to show you some new methods. And one way to get into his presence is what Thanksgiving. One day I was praying. And I was thanking God for my wife and my kids. I... Wow. And God said he wasn't being sarcastic. He wasn't being, he wasn't mocking me. He was just being honest with me. He said, Brad, you, you could thank me every second until you die and it wouldn't be enough. Think about that. I could live a lifestyle of thankfulness, a lifestyle of thankfulness, and it wouldn't be too much. You can't tell your spouse thank you enough. Men and women, you just can't tell your spouse thank you enough. Kids can't tell your parents enough thank you. Neither can we tell Father God enough thank you. Thank you. Gratitude gratitude and thankfulness is like a riverbed for praise and worship to flow in to his presence. Thankfulness in praise, thankfulness in worship, thankfulness in prayer 
is, is like, a, it's like a riverbed that flows. And whatever, whatever instrument or vehicle you're using, whether it be praise, worship, or prayer, or study of his word, praying his word, it, it, it flows to the heart of God. It flows to his presence. We have proof here. You can come into my presence with thanksgiving. So, let's look and be honest with ourselves. If we're not, if we're not enjoying our prayer life, if you didn't really get a kick out of today's worship and praise, I mean, if it didn't really, really charge you, really touch you, like overwhelming. When Adam came up here to pray, you see, heard the tears? That should have been all of us. After that kind of worship, being in his presence, we all should have been broken. We all should have been humbled, about ready to bow down before him. Altar full of just bowing down, worshipers bowing down. But if it, it was, if it was kind of a bore to you or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was just a yeah, yeah time, then we need to do some soul searching and say, wait, am I being thankful? Ask your spouse. Hey, spouse. Am I thankful? Look out. She'll probably tell you the truth. We can't be too thankful. Father told me I could thank him every second the rest of my life and it wouldn't be too much. We need to live a lifestyle of thankfulness, of gratitude. And, and just a perk. We don't do this for that. We thank him because he's worthy. Why do we worship? We, we, read, we, we heard it. We, we talked about it because he is worthy. Because he is holy. He's holy. He's worthy of all our worship. So we don't, we don't worship to, for me to, I'm going to get in his presence by doing this. No, we worship him because he's worthy of that. But the perk of that is, it's a channel, it's a riverbed that goes into his heart, that goes into the presence of the Lord via worship, via praise, via praying the word. It flows into his presence and all of a sudden we're undone. In worship, and praise, in prayer, I'm, I'm, it's, it's my prayer life is a combination of thanksgiving, of praise, and worship, and, and praying the word. That's my prayer life. I can't say, well, it's, it's a mixture, this new method. It, it, sometimes it'll be praise right into the word, right into his presence. Sometimes it'll be worship. Sometimes I'll just start overwhelmed with, with a heart of thanksgiving. Oh, I just decided to look at the clock. Eleven twenty-one. Ah, it's a good idea to watch that every once in a while. <laughs> to offer that, to draw us closer to Him, because why? A perk. Again. The writer of Psalm 73 didn't understand until he went into the presence of God. And then I understood. So if you or your spouse or, or your family's battling something, I don't understand. I don't understand why the kids are doing this. I don't understand why this happened. I, don't, I just don't understand. Whenever you use that word, you, you don't understand. A neon light should go off. Psalm 73. Get into his presence. Oh, 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 I know. I need to get into his presence so I can understand.
I need to do whatever it takes, people. I, I don't care if it's repentance and repentance and repentance and repentance and repentance. I don't care if it's humbling, bowing down, falling prostrate on the floor or lifting your hands. Oh, I don't lift hands. Well, you know what? You're not your own. You've been bought by a price. 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.16. You know what happens to tradition? You know what Jesus said about tradition? It nullifies the word of God. It makes void. Jesus said the tradition nullifies or makes void the word of God. So if we start pulling tradition on God, we're not our own. We don't worship how we want to worship. We worship how the word of God that's going to be around a little bit longer than you. Think about this. Think about the arrogance and the pride and the haughtiness of this. Thank you very much, Brad, but I'll worship how I want to worship. Who's going to be around the longest, you or this word that will never perish? Not one jot, not one tittle will pass away. My words are not living. These are living. My words don't necessarily produce fruit. This word produces fruit. She said something else that was really caught my attention that I was going to talk on. And I'll do that. She said, John, let me be specific. It's John 15. I love it when notes are of no effect. I'll just jump down to three. Now listen, stay with us, because she mentioned this. Verse four, abide in me. That's his presence. Interject, we, we, we know this abiding, but just stop and for, for, for me, please, and just think, abide in him. I'm in his presence. He's calling us to abide in, in him. What does that mean? I want to be in his presence. Let's put it in the vernacular that I'm using today. It's in his presence. So, so abide in me. I get away from here. I don't know what goes on here. Four, abide in me. Abide in his presence. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We can't do this. We can't do this Christian thing on our own. He's just saying, you, forget it. I've tried to produce the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 myself. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Paul in Galatians said, you foolish Galatians, what you started out in the spirit, you're trying to finish in the flesh. You can't walk the walk we're talking about in the flesh. We can't walk it on our own. Jesus said, hey, you can't bear fruit, the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5.22. You can't bear this fruit. Husbands, wives, if we're not loving like we want to, think about this. What, what do you, wait, wait, Brad, I don't like where this is going. You're saying if I don't love my wife or your spouse like I should, like I ought, like I could, that's because I'm not doing it with him? That's right. 
I'm not spending time in his presence. He gives us a key. Abide in me and you're going to produce fruit. Let me go on. I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Now sometimes, especially we men, we hear the word fruit and we instantly think works. You know, I've got to get to do something. I've got to accomplish something. I've got to build something. I've got to, I've got to plan. I've got to construct. You know, we like to build things, you know, whether it be Legos or board or timbers or just, we just got to build things. So we hear the word works and we think, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm, I'm into works. I want to build. I want to plan. I want to accomplish something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's saying, no, you can't do that. This fruit is of the spirit. Galatians 5.22. So I can't love my wife on my own. So we have to look at each one of those separately very slowly in Galatians 5.22 and grade ourselves. F, F, F. <laughs> Why? Because it's, it's a signal. It's, it's understanding. Get in his word and it gives us understanding because it gives me understanding. I've done that. I've looked all those nine fruit. And I wasn't pleased with my grade. I'm doing this to myself. I'm not asking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I want to be honest. See, when you're young and you're a brand new Christian, <laughs> you're, you just think, you've got it. You've got it figured out. I've got the word. I'm saved. You start preaching everything that moves praying for everything that moves and, and you kind of turn a lot of people off because you're just so, so, so excited and you just, you've got everything and somebody tries, somebody with a little more maturity than you, whatever that means, tries to speak into your life and no, no, I've got, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. But the longer, <laughs> I'm 71, been saved for 36 years and, you, and the more closer you draw to him, the more the things that you had when you're, you're young, they don't cut it anymore. Even five years ago. Why? Because you're drawing closer to the Father heart of God. You're, you're spending more time in his presence. And these things that maybe you thought were okay is not okay. We're called to walk in love. We're called to walk in peace. We're called to walk in joy. First Peter 1 calls it an indescribable joy. Listen, that means if I can describe it, it's not joy. It's indescribable joy. I just started this. So you got, you got, you got the, I'm going to pray. Do this new thing. Get into his presence by singing. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Come into his presence with bowing down, worshiping. Come into his presence by praying the words, shouting. Hey, if you're not a shouter, it's time for something new. Open the word of God in your office or in your basement or in your garage and start shouting the Psalms. Do something new. That's a word. It's not a word from Brad. It's a word from the Lord. Lord gave this message to me. The Lord gave that word to her. It's not, it didn't originate in man. It originated from the word of God. So try something new. Get into his presence. If you have a, if your, if your prayer life is a drudgery or it's non-existence or it's cold or you pray that little one minute prayer on your way to work or when something's coming down bad and help. <laughs> but if you don't have this consistent prayer life day in and day out, I pray seven days a week in my office 
one to two hours, seven days a week. I want to get into his presence. I want to hear his voice. Ecclesiastics 5.1 says, draw near to hear. Psalms 34, Isaiah 34.1 says, come near, come near to hear and heed. Family of God, he's calling us to come near. He says, come near and hear. Draw near to me and hear. Do it, do it through praise. Do it through thanksgiving. Do it through worship. Do it through praying the word. Oh, God, we cry out, we need you. We just cannot do this by ourselves. You said it in your word. Without me, you can do nothing. And she went on to say another perk from this. You abide in me and your prayers will be answered. Oh God, may we start to look at things honestly and say my prayers are not being answered. So what possibly could be going on here? Well, let's go to John 15, abiding and study and let you talk to us, God. Maybe I'm not abiding in you. Maybe I'm not hanging out with you enough. Maybe I'm not going into the presence of God because your word says that cannot lie, cannot return void. John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. So the truth is, if we abide in you, we move into your presence by thanksgiving, by singing, by declaring the word, praying the word, singing the word. If I abide in you and you and me, my prayers will be answered. That's a promise. That's a promise, God. So we pray you open. Open up hearts and minds today. Let us set our old belief systems. Let us just dump and trash our tradition, our old belief systems. Let's just dump them. And God, would you refresh our mind, refresh our heart with your word. Let us get the word in us and let the word be our compass. When we don't understand something, draw, Lord God, draw us to Psalm 73. God. That we might come into your presence, into the Holy of Holies, and allow you to reveal to us things, great and mighty things, inaccessible things that we didn't know. We love you. We thank you for today. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.